0: shark brains. You may think I'm jumping the shark, but today's episode features a fascinating researcher who heads a literal zombie lab. Seriously, that's its name. The Yopak Zombie Lab at the University of North Carolina Wilmington. Dr. Kara Yopak is all about studying shark brains, which can be wildly different between different species, and she has some fascinating insight to share about the minds of sharks. Kara shares how she can tell a shark species by the shape of its brain, why anyone that looks into her car's trunk might think she's a serial killer, and why her least favorite question is, are sharks smart? I had to ask if she'd ever tried eating brains but she seemed more interested in getting her hands on my own brain for studying, but in a more psychoanalysis kind of way. So I'm here with Kara Yopak, the assistant professor at the University of North Carolina Wilmington, the Department of Biology and Marine Biology, and most importantly, the brain scientists. In on those brains. What do you do at your lab and why brains?
1: man buckle up, buckle up. Um, okay so my lab which I have called the zombie lab um, partly for uh, because it is an acronym that means something important but mostly I actually backtracked it and retrofitted it because what we do is we're always on the hunt for brains mm. so my students and I essentially we are comparative brain anatomists. And that is just a big bunch of gobbledygook science words that means we look at brains of different species, specifically sharks. um, And we try to use those differences to make predictions about, say, sensory specialization and behavior. So if you've got over 1,200 species of cartilaginous fish, which, you know, they are um, sharks, skates, rays, this funky little group called chimeras, So if you imagine 1,200 species of these guys, they're living in pretty much every habitat under the ocean you can imagine. So their brains are actually remarkably different and not Mm. in a nerdy, only a neuroscientist could detect the difference kind of way. If you guys were in my lab right now, I could pull one of the brains out of my fridge that we keep on hand just for this purpose. Um, I could lay, say, 100 brains out in front of you and I just said to you, okay, put the ones together that look similar Mm. and you could do it. You could put them all together. You wouldn't have to know anything. You just say these look alike, and what you would find at the end is that species that live in similar habitats, that eat similar things, um, that swim at similar speeds, they're, they have similarly evolved these distinct patterns of brain morphology. So that's what I get to do all day: is look at brains and try to figure out what it means.
0: And this is like a brain roulette, and this is how you pass the time. You're like, you know, you're mi- m- mixing and matching like a guess who of brains. Yeah. Much. I, I, I love it, and you said zombies an acronym, and I I gotta know what that acronym is.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's a good one, and I I did like I will admit it is a retrofit because I think it's just the perfect name for us. But for um, I'll define one term for you before I give you the acronym. Okay. So the word zootomy is another fancy word for comparative anatomy. Gotcha. So zombie is the zootomical morphology of the brain and its evolution.
0: Mm, I like yep. it. I like it. It's a
1: mouthful. It's a mouthful, right? So zombie is kind of, it's just a nice little, it's like a nice little bite. So we're always, um, we're always looking for more brains.
0: For someone like you, what got you into it? Are you just watching Night of the Living Dead? Or, you know, are you a horror movie buff? And you're like, I gotta get, I gotta know more about these brains. (laughs) I hate
1: horror movies, actually. I... They my husband, me. is when he watches his horror movies, he's banished. I, I, I will not be in the room. I hate being scared. Uh, I am I'm just not a fan. So it's kind of a funny career choice for me. But uh, yeah, no, I was that five-year-old kid who said, I want to study sharks one day. Um, and I'm sure my mother was terrified by that idea. But she said, let that's cool. Let's buy some books. And so I just read everything I could get my hands on. And that little nerdy passion just kind of stuck with me all the way to college. Um, then I went, I moved to New Zealand, which is where I, um, studied to do my PhD. And I was really interested in behavior, like shark behavior and trying to understand what was going on. And my thesis advisor said, you should just read a bunch of papers. And I did, I kept reading and I realized you can't understand behavior. until you understand what's controlling it.
0: That's right. Mission control the brain.
1: Yeah, totally control the brain, right? Yeah. And so I remember going to my advisor and, and kind of telling him, you know, there's not a lot done on the brain. And he, he gave me this very critical piece of career advice. And I think it's important for all young people to understand those moments when you just feel your life could go down one of two paths. And mine went down the brain path. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, yeah, this is, this is a really good question. You should just go collect some brains. And I was like, right.
0: And that's when the murder spree started.
1: And then it was, it was, it was on. Yeah. yeah, So I did. And, and uh, I haven't stopped. I got that piece of advice. I took it real seriously and it sustained me for a good 15 years now.
0: (laughs) Excellent. So, you know, you don't, you don't like horror movies. So you wanted to live one. You wanted to be like, I will be the brain collector. I am Dr. Frankenstein.
1: No, the the really awful part, though, is that I'm so scared of someday getting pulled over because the trunk of my car looks like a serial killer kit (laughs) like... There's a bloody tarp and like gumboots with blood spatters, and I have to have machetes on hand because just in case when fishermen call you, um, if if they've caught a shark in their net or on a hook, and it, you know, we can kind of opportunistically at least use it for science, which is awesome. But you got to be ready at a moment's notice to go and get that specimen.
0: So that's how you get the brain. So fishermen, uh, they'll get cotton nets, or somehow there'll be a dead shark in somebody's hands, and you're like, give me those brains. I'm gonna come and collect them. Uh, uh, is there a hotline? One eight hundred cerebellum something like that, <laughs> Is that too many letters only. yes
1: oh man if i could just you know reserve that phone number <laughs> um no the yes yeah, so we get them um, we get a lot from bycatch which has been fantastic um we are also we work with a number of fishing competitions mm-hmm. So a lot of times, obviously, they're you know catching large sharks for for sport. There's cash prizes, and we're able to kind of work with them. We'll do um, lo- dissections with the public so they can kind of understand a bit more about shark anatomy. And the great thing is, is the shark community is pretty small. So worldwide, we're all pretty connected, and everyone knows what they do. So when we do get, say, a rare specimen, we can. It sounds funny. We can ship little bits of sharks for various pieces of research all over the world, so the animal doesn't go to waste. Um, You know, I will do the brain, obviously. Um, You know, someone else who might be doing gut content analysis, they'll get stomach contents Mm. or a fin clip for genetics, and and that way we can really maximize use of the animal. But it's it's a nice kind of worldwide collaborative network.
0: It's because sharing is caring. You know, we're coming up to Thanksgiving. And you know, bringing the family together, we're all sharing parts of a turkey, and we want to use every part, even the little giblets or giblets, however whatever you pronounce it. You know? Oh,
1: totally. totally. I mean, I get really cool stuff in the mail from well, all over.
0: You know what? You <laughs> You know, when you go to get mail, does the does the uh, mail deliver guy look at you weird? It's like, okay, here's oh, more, more stuff.
1: They're used to me by now.
0: <laughs> That's the brain lady. Not yeah, nothing but... wrong with that
1: they just back away real slow and then you know i I give them a little side eye and then i take i take the package and i i go up to my lab and do my
0: thing that's right you shut off all the lights and then they (laughs) they know the research is on now exactly i don't hunt down shark brains for a living i I hunt down scoops but you scoop out shark brains but what does a shark brain look like is it how is it different from a human brain Mm,
1: Okay, so most people, when they think about a shark brain, they're kind of picturing a little miniature human brain. Um, A shark brain is actually shaped a little bit more like a spark plug. It's kind of long and thin. Um, But what's really cool is if you let's say you take my neuroanatomy class and you learn a little bit about neuro, you could actually identify pretty much all the major brain regions that you're used to seeing in a human brain. It's just sort of laid out a little bit differently. The one thing that we have that they don't have is the neocortex, which is pretty much that kind of top foldy bit that you see in our brains. But otherwise sharks were sort of, you mentioned the cerebellum, which coincidentally is my favorite brain region. I. Sharks. How
0: did I know that?
1: How did you know that? Cause it's, because it's the best. That's how. Maybe I'm reading uh, your brain. <laughs> I mean, and it's, it's the best for a lot of reasons. But yeah. sharks were actually the first to have one, mm-hmm. which is super cool. And it's been pretty much it's carried through evolution all the way to you and me. So, fun fact is you can go home tonight and tell your family your brain is like a shark.
0: Ooh, I'm, a, I'm a shark brain. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm chasing down the scoop with my, yes. like, a, like a predator. Oh, There's blood in the water. Uh, yeah. I'm going to get that story. It's, I love it. Are sharks smart? I know uh, down here we talk about shark safety and being shark smart, but are yep. sharks smart? Are they smarter than other fish? Are they smarter than me? You don't I'm have to answer that That last question.
1: You, you really, you've either done your homework on me or I'm just very transparent. My yeah. least favorite question in the entire world. Really? is
0: our shark smart oh so yes I'll tell,
1: I'll, yeah no you, you you did it man you just that's my
0: goal is to, is to ask people their favorite <laughs> question and their least favorite question and you know and just really just get into that element uh so i guess our shark's smart okay
1: dude no we're gonna all right brace yourself we're going okay. down the rabbit hole um okay. so i'm gonna turn it around and ask you a question yes. to that So it's my least favorite question in the world because it's a really difficult thing to quantify. Right. So what do you think it means to be smart?
0: Ah, you know, to, uh, I guess, do some fine literature, Uh, you know, know about Plato and the allegory of the cave, doing, being able to do the things you need to do to survive, I guess. So I guess sharks are smart.
1: Well, so there you go. So you actually, again, like, I think we're so in sync. We're in sync. Not in like a geeky boy band kind of way, but just in like a, you can read my mind kind of way. It's a brain
0: trust right here. It's
1: It's a total brain trust. So you've touched on two really important things. The first is that when people think about smart, we tend to have a very human centric approach to it. So we think about what does it mean for a human to be smart? And then we try to apply that to an animal, which is they're living in a different world. They have different right. needs. They have different um, selection pressures. Um, right. So that's one thing. We kind of have to take the human-centric approach out of the equation. The second one is sort of exactly what I say, which is, all right, is it about being successful in the niche that you inhabit? And if we can take that as the definition, then I think sharks are doing pretty well. They're
0: doing very they, well. I would say they're I mean, geniuses. They've been around for a while.
1: They're pretty good. And what a lot of people don't realize is the complexity of behaviors a lot of these species have. So, sharks are capable of learning. Um, They can be trained. They can remember things. I think the most recent research shows at least up to 60 days they can remember certain tasks. Um, They can do some incredible kind of cognitive deciphering. So, if you, similar to like a Rorschach test, you can train a shark. To say, choose a symmetrical object. And then you can just show them ink blots and they will be able to choose which is the symmetrical ink blot. Um, so that's pretty impressive. They also have some complex social structure in some species. So, hammerheads are a great example. They will segregate by sex and size, they'll have kind of courtship and mating rituals. Mm. So, there's a lot of things sharks do that kind of goes beyond that pre programmed eating machine stereotype.
0: Yeah, so they're not just out there eating mindlessly. They got a brain in there. They're memorizing things. They may not be able to memorize all the original 151 Pokemon, but they'll know, they'll remember certain things about their environment.
1: Totally, totally. And yeah, I mean, you know, they're not going to be reading Shakespeare anytime soon. I don't read
0: Shakespeare anytime soon.
1: Right and what would shakespeare really serve them in their in their world like they're like no i don't need to it's like einstein said he didn't he never knew his phone number because why why remember something you could look up
0: that's so right. sharks
1: are like i'm not going to read shakespeare i'll just look that up if i need it and i, I agree them with them sharks
0: i've read some <laughs> shakespeare it's very boring you know so <laughs> the fact that the sharks aren't reading shakespeare guys this is an exclusive uh, shakespeare don't like that's that's basically my mantra right now shakespeare dot 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 don't like wow what yeah. have you got against the iambic pentameter dude ah uh, I, I the what the first thing i have against it is i don't know what that means so <laughs> that's, that's exactly and you know i think this podcast is really revealing that this is my uh, coming out as not smart uh so yeah you know, but do sharp brains develop as they age and how do they develop because i know i have a baby and he's just learning words i right. am kind of smart and don't like shakespeare but there's a range there you know as you age <laughs> yeah.
1: Right, totally, totally, yes. So, shark brains are really interesting. So, with you and me, when we're born, pretty much we have most of the neurons we're gonna get. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of changes that are gonna happen, like your baby to being an adult. You're forming new synapses. You know, you're you're learning uh, motor behaviors and and language, and there there is brain development, but effectively you kind of reach a certain age. Um, And we see very few regions of our brain that get new neurons as adults. Um, They're like regions of the hippocampus, for example, or the olfactory bulb. Basically, hippocampus is associated with memory. So that kind of makes sense. Um, But a shark brain actually grows forever. So unlike you and me, they generate new neurons through their whole life. So what we're looking into is actually that that's something we call plasticity. So the ability to kind of be molded or changed. Um, So our brains are plastic in the sense that we can learn new things and form new connections. Shark brains are plastic in that they're constantly generating all of these new neurons. So if you, for example, I showed you these differences in those two brains, right? Those are two different species. But I could also line up the brain of a single species at key stages in its life. And the differences wouldn't maybe be that dramatic, but you would see changes. Um, And what we just published a study on a sharp-nosed shark, which is a pretty common coastal species here in North Carolina. Um, And what we found is that the olfactory bulbs specifically occupy a larger and larger proportion of the brain so that's part of the brain that processes odor Um, and then the cerebellum my fave again also occupies a larger and larger component of the brain so cerebellum for us and a shark is kind of involved in motor control and motor learning so it makes sense so as this particular species is aging it might be relying more on olfaction and it might be occupying a larger space moving offshore hunting more active, agile prey. It's kind of like the brain can tell you so much, just either between species or, you know, in the life of a single species.
0: Now, I gotta ask, and this might be purely theoretical. Now you're saying that the the sharks, their, their brains can develop just constantly, nonstop. If we were to take a human brain, combine it with a shark brain, would we have the world's next super genius?
1: You would have the world's next bad shark movie.
0: Yes. Oh my God. It could be like, I don't know, like a uh, uh, shark professor or like, you know, uh, shark shark brain attack we'll figure it out i mean they oh, made man. sharknado you know so oh
1: my god don't even no we actually have bad shark movie night in my lab where we try to find the worst shark movie we can and then uh, basically yell at it the whole night about all of their scientific inaccuracies we're 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 nerds through and through it's pretty fun
0: i do the same i watch other news stations and then i yell <laughs> when they make inaccuracies brains be changing just like the times they are changing, the brains yep. they are changing. But does the environment change the brain? If you take a shark and put them in different environments, does it change that brain up? What
1: a great question and actually something we're we're looking into. So one of the things we have to be real careful about is implying causality and saying one thing changes another, which is really hard to do when you're looking at different species or you're pulling animals, you know, at different life stages. So we are actually working on getting setting up some experimental models to investigate just that. So if we rear sharks in different habitats or different conditions with all else being equal, do we see differences in the brain? So they've done some of this in bony fish. Specifically, they've looked at wild caught versus hatchery reared salmon, and they do see differences in in the brain in those two groups. Um, and in a lot of times, it's you know changes in overall brain size, but also key regions like cerebellum is another great example, which sort of indicates okay, we're we're not quite getting the the movement space that you would in the wild. And that mm. might be something that explains the difference. But it is something I'm really interested in, um, particularly looking at environmental complexity. So you're almost giving them kind of like putting, you know, if you put it, put us in a bare padded room versus putting us in a room with, with puzzles and
0: wine, True. right?
1: We're, we're going to have <laughs> oh, a wine, wine
0: makes my brain <laughs> just makes my brain just explode <laughs> with creativity and intelligence. Well, you know, and right now I've been stuck in my basement for most of the year uh, working. So uh, my brain, I think, you know, maybe if you were to look at my brain and I'm not saying you have permission, because I know you're you're already halfway to my house right now with a (laughs) scalpel. Just Mm -hmm. like, yeah, let's look at this journalist's brain, shall we? So and I got to ask, and this may be a softball question. And I know this is one of your least favorite questions. I don't know. This is a minefield. I'm walking on eggshells right now. But have you ever tasted brain? Any kind of brain? (laughs)
1: No, I have not. Because I'm going to be curious. You're
0: working with I, them all the time.
1: Uh, but here's what. All right. no. Now, I will say, when I was doing my PhD, it was actually a tradition for the PhD students that everyone had to eat their study animal or study object. So there was a lot. That was not fair. There were students doing lobster research and scallops. and Yeah. You know, oh, like a delicious so seafood medley. Yeah. It was like, oh, I know why you thought of this lovely tradition. Um, but for me... So brain tissue is actually really, really delicate. Mm. So you need to get it in fixative very quickly after the animal has died. So usually I have about, I have a maximum of five hours to get it fixed. So it's kind of like um, like an embalming process in a way. You have to put formaldehyde, um, put the brain in formaldehyde and fix the tissue. Fortunately, formaldehyde, not so tasty, pretty toxic and bad. Yeah. So no, I have not eaten my brain.
0: All right, just just making sure, because, I don't know, like, it, some, you might get curious, you're like, you know, you're, you're cutting into it, you're like, hmm, the cerebellum, you like it, you like the cerebellum, that's a delicacy.
1: But if I ate it, then I couldn't study it, and, and it's oh. kind of like, the priority is always to the science.
0: It, yeah, it's always mama science has got to get her due, you know what I mean?
1: Science over palate, every time.
0: That's, <laughs> science over palate, that's, that's exactly what we need in this world. We got to listen to science, don't eat science. Don't
1: eat the science Don't, that's, i'm gonna get a lab t-shirt with yeah. that
0: on it so when we're, you're looking at shark brains and you're looking at how those how they tick tick tock but is there anything we can learn about human brains from shark brains is there any connection there
1: yes oh, so, oh yes. whoa i know i'm just happy
0: but, i asked you a nice question that's again I, I,
1: like
0: i yes up. i'm getting a tingle so. in my brain <laughs>
1: So something that we do, so we focus on shark brains, but we're yeah. also really excited about about working with other groups because there's you know there's the bird brain people insert obvious sounds insulting yeah that yeah the lizard you know people are studying lizard brains or mammalian systems or bony fish um, and so we have in the past and, and are continuing to do so joint forces you basically like one big nerdapalooza where we combine all of our data and we can start to see okay what's different about these different brains, right? But Mm -hmm. also what's really similar. And we've found that there are a number of remarkable um, constants throughout evolutionary time. So first cool thing about a shark brain is that it is what I call the vertebrate brain blueprint. So sharks were the first to have all of the major components that are shared across vertebrates. So all the major pieces that make up a shark brain, make up a bird brain, make up a mammal brain, make up a fish brain, et cetera. Um, So in terms of like going back to the origin of brain evolution, sharks are kind of it, right? They're sort of wearing the crown and they wear that crown very proudly. So when we have done a lot of our um, really nerdy analyses, which I will not bore you with the statistics, we've also found that the way the brain grows across species, the way the brain structures scale, um, they are remarkably similar across everything. So there is sort of a, I kind of think it's like a developmental plan that originated at least as early as sharks and then has been carried through vertebrate evolution all the way to you and me. There are some, fundamental rules that govern the way brains grow and change and you know sharks clearly figured them out really early on and everybody just copied them
0: so when my so when i'm looking at my brain and i mm-hmm. get jolene stuck in my head for the 30th time i could thank sharks for that but thanks sharks for giving thanks, me the blueprint sharks. for this i yeah. love the song jolly parton's a national treasure but you know <laughs> i get it stuck in my head all day thanks sharks It's amazing.
1: No, but I mean, and and all jokes aside, it is kind of a very interesting question about we see so much diversification in the brain, but that fundamentally at its core, it's sort of all made up of the same kind of building blocks, right? It's all about, think of a bunch of Legos. You have all these Legos and how you kind of build and put them together is sort of fundamentally those rules are all the same. So again, your brain is like a shark. Pass it on.
0: Your brain is like a shark pass it on, pass on the good news.
1: I do think that there is a visceral reaction people have when they think about a shark. Um, So I love segments like this, and I love contributing to this kind of thing because understanding the biology of the animal, understanding, um, you know, anything that is mysterious, you're usually afraid of because you don't understand it so kind of gaining knowledge and reading papers will really help you understand no these are not just mindless killing machines um they're actually you know play critical roles in the ecosystem and as i have shown um are not just kind of these primitive smell this go there they actually are capable of some pretty cool stuff
0: because you could just be afraid of sharks and you know obviously right. you know they are a creature to be feared in some way but when you understand an animal you can understand more about them again that they're not mindless killing machines they're complex and just like human beings they're complex i'm complex I need to be They're... hugged sometimes, you know? You
1: seem complex. I mean, I think we've barely scratched the surface, you and me. And I'm just like, you're, you're like, you're an onion. There's layers oh. here that I have not even, I haven't even gotten there yet.
0: I can already feel you dissecting my brain right now. And that's, <laughs> that's what I think is happening. You're, you're analyzing me. And I, I might get a knock on my door tonight. Uh, and it might be you with an a, a ice cream scooper. But yeah. uh, I will, I will lock know... all my doors.
1: I will be very nice to you. I do a lot of MRI, so I can study your brain without cutting
0: it out of you. Well, that's great. Okay, good. Well, I'm there. (laughs) I'm there. Thank you for listening to another episode of Shark Tales. We have more sharky things with the Atlantic White Shark Conservancy on our NBC10 Boston website, Instagram, and YouTube channels.